0: Emotional consideration for growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, KPMG, and the Associated Builders and Contractors of Eastern Pennsylvania. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia Podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia Radio Program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. Hey, everybody, welcome into Growing Greater Philadelphia. We're really thrilled that you've taken time out to join us on what I would call a very special program that we have for you today. We're really thrilled to be joined by a friend and a colleague, an entrepreneur, a journalist, the founder, editor, and CEO of Aldea News, a colleague named Hernan Guadical. Hernan, welcome to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you, madam. Very honored by your invitation. Hernan, you have a really fascinating story. Because as I mentioned, you're much more than just a businessman who's leading a successful organization here in the greater Philadelphia community. You're an entrepreneur. You started your own business. You're a journalist, and that's really your roots. And you're also a connector and a liaison in the community. And I'd love to hear your story growing up in Columbia and what inspired you to come from your home country in Columbia to the United States and how you landed here in greater Philadelphia.
1: Thank you, man. That's a huge question. It and is. It take me like twenty <laughs> minutes to answer that, but let me give you the short version of it. Um, yes, as you said, I came from South America. That's exactly around thirty years ago, mm-hmm. exactly to this year, be thirty years ago. And uh, how I ended up in Philadelphia is a long story. But uh, for the benefit of the listeners that you have, I would like to say simply that I was simply one more immigrant that came into the city. And uh, like most of the immigrants who come into a city didn't know much about the city, what to do, how to find a job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no friends, no network. We simply dropped in the middle of the ocean and uh how I became an entrepreneur is because when you drop into the deep waters, you learn how to swim that's simple it's a fight for your life, it's a survival fight, and that's when you find out a strength that you didn't know you had, such as entrepreneurship, which was a uh, world remote to me, but I, of course, come to learn and appreciate and, and value that that attitude of individuals that come to a place and out of nothing, you know, create something. So entrepreneurialism was my calling. I went to a School of Journalism in Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa City, did my master's degree. Prior to I had done my four years of undergraduate journalism as well. So all I wanted to do was to work for the Daily News. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went in 1991, when the Daily News building was on Broad Street. And sure. I asked for the interview, and they gave me the interview. But I never found a job, because at the time there wasn't even a Hispanic reporter quote in the New Room, there was none. And uh, I was the person that although I had the credentials and have academic credentials and have four and a half years of experience the hispanic community at the time was six percent of the city so there was no need for me and uh, then i said to the reality and a uh, little bit realized that i there was not much hope to find a job in philadelphia in my profession right i tried uh, miami i went to miami and i applied for a daily paper down there and didn't happen either so i went back to my north philadelphia home and i said what to do and i look at my mac kintosh computer that i had brought from the university and i said maybe i could probably kill my time doing a newsletter okay that this new technology called at the time desktop publishing page maker with the software at the time sure i had in my computer and i said let me see if i can put some pages and i decided to use my spare time and produce the first edition of valdia was a newsletter eight pages thousand copies distributing the only section of North Philadelphia where I live, that was my initial market, but no idea about advertising, mm-hmm. no idea about managing human resources that I eventually needed to continue the operation, yeah. no idea that this was a business. It was simple. To me it was like the passion that I felt for the written war and the fact that the Hispanic community in Philadelphia was so, so helpless. Mm -hmm. Uh, and such a bad reflection of themselves in the general media or non-existent whatsoever in the general media, and then a very moderate representation that exists in Hispanic media. So to me, it was like, oh, this is easy. I can do this.
0: Yeah. So you're almost, what I would suggest, kind of accidental opportunity to start Mm -hmm. a newsletter using your desktop publishing system. Eight pages, North Philadelphia audience, primarily, I suspect, is also Latino, has turned into so much more. And it really evolved into an inspiration, and and to what Aldea is today.
1: Little, little I knew at the time that I was jumping into the deeper end of the pool in business because I didn't know anything about business. But then I was bumping into what today is the greatest phenomenon in America, and that is the Hispanic market: fifty-five million people, three trillion dollars of purchasing power on the shoulders of this population that lives and work in the country, not only in Philadelphia, but all across the country, right. media empire have been built. Right. talking about Univision, and talking about the radio change, the broadcast in Spanish. And then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of publications all across the country. Aldea was just one, one little dot in the mm-hmm. in that universe started by a, by an unemployed journalist as a one man, home based operation with no hope that this is gonna become something significant. 25 years I say, I'm glad I did start it 25 years ago, because today it will be more difficult, and today, mm. all the efforts, all the tears and sweat shed on the ground, and there are many, are justified in a way, because today, perhaps today, I mean, we may have a chance to make an impact in the city of Philadelphia, in the Delaware Valley region that are listening, but also, why not? Talking about global economy, right? right. The internet has opened the doors for everything, so why don't we connect from Philadelphia an audience that is all over, scattered, with very little quality contents about what they are all about. Hispanic community is a big question mark in people's mind because no one has been able to tell that simple story.
0: Yeah. So we're talking with Hernan Guadacao who's the founder, publisher, editor of Aldea News. And Hernan, how do you describe Aldea today? And how has it evolved from those what I would suggest
1: were pretty humble beginnings in 1991, 1992. Aldia was a newsletter for the residents of all or mostly the Latinos that I knew were Colombian origin, like, like I am. Yeah. Uh, but then it expanded to be the publication in North Philadelphia. And that's how uh, uh, the publication described by a, a very well-known TV uh, journalist when talking about a story that we broke on local politics, when John Street and, uh, John White and Dwight Evans were running for the Democratic nomination back in the days. Mm-hmm. We wrote a story that became local news for everybody, and they described all the as that paper for North Philadelphia. And that kind of hurt me because I said, You're so well, much the, more. the location is North Philadelphia, but the mindset is North Philadelphia is the entire city and beyond anywhere else we can be relevant to people. Sure. So it was like a little. Radical expansion from North Philadelphia to downtown to South Philadelphia. When we ventured to drop some copies of the paper and found some Mexicans. Ten years ago, the first one who came, now South Philadelphia had been revived by the Mexican community and all over the counties around. So we managed to get the paper to Atlantic City, to Harryburg, to Allentown, to to Delaware, to Delaware, and somebody asked me, when are you going to get to Virginia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we don't want to go that far. Right. But your point's but a really depends. important one. You became a regional media
0: leader for specifically the Latino community, but anybody who's interested in reaching the Latino audience and, and vice versa, having the Latino audience reach a, a non-Latino
1: community as well. Right. And now, you know, we're now, for example, publishing in English because... We found out that one of the barriers was the language. You know, we can do the most terrific journalism in Spanish, but only a fraction of the audience in the city can read it. Right. We decided to switch to English and publish dual language, and we're actually today the only dual language uh, news media organization in the city, and I would say across the region, maybe in the region, I don't think of anybody else, and maybe all across the country, be one of the few that is doing attempted to do this which is very simple to tell the story of the latino americans Mm -hmm. most of them are uh, citizens 55 million they say they're 11 million undocumented so a big majority is citizens people are born raised or uh, naturalized citizens and uh, with a full right to be part of this american experience common american experience right so the publication or the work that we do in journalism has evolved because of that transformation all around us. You know, it's like the reality is changing for us, not only from the technology aspect, but also from the multicultural aspect of the city and the whole country is going through. So we said the story that we tell, the story that we could tell, the insightfulness that we might have as, as people, Latino background, mm-hmm. could be relevant to any, everybody, anybody, not Latino, but anybody else who might be interested in learning more about the world. Right. And Aldea
0: really does provide that catalyst, those solutions for businesses to reach a target audience. And not just businesses. It's it's a service that government uses, that the public sector uses as well, who really want to connect with that Hispanic market. And you had mentioned earlier in our conversation that back in the late 80s and early 90s, about 6% of the population in Philadelphia was Latino.
1: How has that evolved over time as well? Just triple. Wow. was triple. We're close approaching... 20 percent of the city the next 10 or 20 years, we might double that and be like LA or perhaps Miami. If the city is positioned to continue attracting uh, Latinos, not only the people that come to work in in the restaurants but also people who can own them mm-hmm. and operate them to make the city look more attractive to people coming from all over the globe to visit or to do business here, conventions and such. Right. So I feel that that the reality continues transforming under the changing times. You know, it's not only the Latino presences, everybody else who is traveling more easily and settling in different cities and transforming the world. I think Philadelphia is positioned to be pole of attraction to people that could come here to contribute for a stronger economy, a more diversified city in terms of culture and appeal uh, the way perhaps Barcelona in Spain is. I keep thinking of Barcelona because I've been there many times and I feel that that city, is, its wonders come from the fact that it was in the middle of these crossing points on the East and the West, like Byzantium and the older times, you know, mm-hmm. crossing points, and that made the city stronger because of the contribution of all these people from different backgrounds coming together and forming this identity that they call Byzantium or Barcelona or hopefully throughout, yeah, mm-hmm. tomorrow.
0: Yeah, you know. so let's shift gears a little bit, Hernan, and I'd love to get your perspective on life as an entrepreneur, and it's kind of a two-part perspective here. What kind of advice do you give a young person who's thinking of starting his or her own business, and is that advice different for someone who may
1: be Latino compared with somebody who may not be? No, it's the same thing. Okay. You know, it, it, business trust ethnicity, and it is simply about efficiency and results. How you get them, that's up to you. If you happen to have a background, cultural background, to help you identify better ways of doing it, you're blessed. But the end is performance and results, That's simple. So I wouldn't distinguish Latinos, African Americans, Anglo-Saxons, any other group. <laughs> And actually, in Aldea, we have a, a good representation, each of them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, African-Americans, white people, or so-called white people, and Latinos, of course, and, and they get along very easily because at the end is one single approach is get the job done, be effective, be of service to somebody, keep mm-hmm. emphasizing that, you know, business, the whole mystery of business is boiled down to actually our core value number one, which is obsessed with customer service, customer service as Trey Newmar, the founder of Krellis, puts it. He said, uh, customer service is always in the black. So in other words, it's about serving somebody, providing a service to somebody mm-hmm. that's going to give you currency and then gives you the possibility to stay in business without having to worry about too much anything else. It's serving somebody. To me, is sales. At the time when I was teaching sales to, some people said sales uh, is the word S, but it stands for actually service. service to somebody. Right. And, and that would be your, your protection against evil mm-hmm. and challenges, if right. you're serving somebody that's permanent, you have a relationship with somebody, yeah. then that will provide for you to stay in business.
0: Right, that makes sense, especially when you're serving your customer mm-hmm. or serving your readers or serving your community. Correct. That makes really good sense. You've had great success in a variety of spaces, as a journalist, as a business person and an entrepreneur. Is there something that stands out for you that causes you to really be proud when you think back on not only your 25 plus years leading Aldea, 30 years here in the US,
1: and throughout your career? Not exactly, but maybe I could mention the day we decided that we were still probably reminded by that remark by the TV reporter I, I was mentioning before mm-hmm. when he described Aldea as a North Philadelphia paper. He didn't even mention the name, said, a North Philadelphia paper. I said, we cannot, we, we had to move downtown. Mm hmm. And, and the jump from downtown to, from North Philadelphia to downtown was a huge jump that could have broken our neck. Mm-hmm. The cost, quadruple, ten times, probably payroll ten times, parking expenses, everything, the cost per square foot much higher here, of course, and this is a home-based business. So uh, what we we'll do, do in Center City of Philadelphia where the big league is. Uh, but, you know, I said, we don't have the money, but we had the dreams. We had the the passion for this. And if, if there's any place where we should play, it should be in downtown yeah. Philadelphia. And we decided to move in 2000. We've been here for now 18 years and we have survived 18 years. I think it's a test that we survived. And now it's for us to become really relevant mm-hmm. to the entire city, not only like business that can sustain itself, but also as a journalistic enterprise, it is that it, you know, gives, provide that meaning that journalism should provide to any city where it's done well. Right. Right. And ours is no less than whatever. Regardless the of the, the media eth- ethnicity, We're right. simply contributing to that, adding to that, the common understanding of what the world is, what the city should be seen, how we should see ourselves. And uh, at the end, made the city the winner.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Now, that makes sense. You had that moment of you've kind of arrived because you were able to move to Center City, Philadelphia. As tough as that was, you moved your operations to Center City. But the reality is you were as relevant working out of a. Facility in North Philadelphia, as you are today, working out of a office
1: in Market Street.
0: But in the eyes of those who were looking at you, they may not have seen it that
1: way. Yeah, and actually, there was somebody who said that yeah. accent that you just said. She said, "Oh, you have arrived." Right. We were in our second office in Upen, in Tupen Center, and she said, "You have arrived." And I look around and said, "What do you mean?" "Yeah, you have arrived," right. and I didn't understand exactly what she meant. Yeah, know, because I didn't felt that I had. probably yeah. I didn't. I didn't know what what was the place I was supposed to arrive at. Yeah, right. Right. And today, I feel that the job is still half done. You know, if it's arriving is to feel completely fulfilled in what you do, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not about your address or the yeah your physical size location, or the, location right. or the impressive stuff that you show when people visit your office it's Simply what you represent or what you could become, right? You know, because we're always a potential to evolve as human beings.
0: And not only as human beings, but the impact that you're having on your community. Uh, And the service, to your point earlier, that you're able to deliver in a variety of ways through your journalism and and through the messaging and the connectivity that you're able to provide. And I was hoping, Hernan, that you could share with us a little bit about how the Latino community in Philadelphia has evolved. So you had mentioned size-wise, it's more than tripled over the past Mm -hmm. 30 years. Mm -hmm. But how has the place, if you will, and the stature of the Latino community in greater Philadelphia evolved?
1: I think that could be measured by uh, the leadership, you know, any community is measured by the growth of that segment called leaders, people who can inspire others and and show the the future that the majority doesn't see, and the patient person willing to spend the time to organize and put up with the challenges and and still have the good attitude to talk to people and and ask them to follow, right? Mm -hmm. So the transformation of leadership in the communities has been also substantial. As a, we witness it, you know, at the time when we we're in North Philadelphia, the leaders were the people who were politics. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily best examples of leadership, unfortunately, has have been reported you not know, by us, but by the other larger media. Um, but it's evolving, you know. We have probably a younger generation in politics now that uh, gives me hope. Mm-hmm. And also, the other leadership was those or the nonprofit sector, or the corporation, the Hispanic community, or the nonprofits in North Philadelphia. Yeah. A handful of them, five of them. And so that was the leaders were the CEOs of this organization. So we cover the leaders all the time. And then 25 years later, we cover a totally new generation of leaders made up of the younger people that were at the time probably still uh, being born, yet to be born, or in high schools or elementary school. And now they are the college graduates mm-hmm. with the academic credentials, plus the years of experience working for corporate America working for the government, working for even the non-profits, and capable of becoming themselves leaders because they are engineers, they are lawyers, they are medical doctors, they are nurses, Mm -hmm. they are MBAs uh, that are now equipped to be leaders, not for the Hispanic community but for the entire city. Right. You know, so that is the the transformation of the of the Hispanic community, the leadership is stronger, it's more numerous, more quality to it and Aldia is following that every step of the way. So I feel this is the city and the community all in forward. I would take that a step further, Hernan, and say that Aldea has created a
0: foundation for others to build on. So you should be very proud of the success that you've seen and the impact you've had on your community as well. I want to expand a little bit beyond greater Philadelphia. And you mentioned earlier, you travel to Barcelona. I suspect you travel to South America to visit family and friends. You travel the country to go to different conferences and trade shows and work on national uh, initiatives in your role What do you say to people about Greater Philadelphia, why this is such a special community for your
1: shop to grow and for businesses in general to thrive? You know, I I feel Philadelphia is uniquely positioned to grow exponentially in the next 10, 20 years, provided the top of the leadership of the city support that evolution Mm -hmm. faster. It's going to happen regardless, but... With the support, and I'm talking the top of the leadership, everybody who has a corporate sector position in this town, corporate boards, the government, you know, that decide that's a good thing to vote. And I hear the talk, you know, Global Philadelphia is a word that we have now used and keep using. And uh, I think that's the name of the game for the next quarter of a century, for the next uh, 50 years, Mm -hmm. is how Philadelphia could be, for example, another pole of investment and attraction of talent from all of the country and the world like San Francisco is mm-hmm. small town too, right? Right. Uh, Austin, Texas mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about New York, that's another game, it's another thing, but what are the cities that mid-sized are coming forward to position themselves as alternatives mm-hmm. to New York that is too crowded right. impossible Too expensive, whatever so it's a city that's a small size between New York and Washington the political capital of the world, and the vicinity of the political capital of the world, of the world, the capital initially, and then the business capital of the world, New York, mm-hmm. right in between.
0: Yeah, how doesn't get much we,
1: better than that. How can we utilize that privileged geographical position for us to leverage that and brand for that? Because we, that's the branding job, right? That all of us need to take on, and it's not about the great <laughs> branding job that is doing or the convention bureau is doing or the convention center is doing is, sure. is all of us yeah. making sure that those conventions and visitors come because it becomes simply a great city to visit and live in or work in yeah. and then we increase it's yeah. mathematics at the end if we increase the population back to what well, we're in 1950 which is a million and today is dropped like 40% of almost 50% to 1 million 1.1 1. so can we record that 700 that we lost and then make up more and make it a two or three million city, God, God's willing, yeah. that would make it uh, a, a thriving city right. where our sometimes parochial views are erased because there is so much flush and influx of people and uh, investment and, and new ideas coming up uh, that make it a good place to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. We're seeing that. We're seeing more and more folks come from outside the region. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we're, we're getting different perspectives. It's less parochial, I believe. I've been feeling that being a native Philadelphian myself. I see different folks arriving and saying, let's try something different. And we don't have to worry about what parish somebody came from mm-hmm. or what neighborhood somebody grew up in. It's it, We're all part of the same community. Mm-hmm. And to your point a moment ago as well, we all are responsible for promoting the city. You mentioned Visit Philadelphia and the Convention and Visitors Bureau and others like Select Greater Philadelphia. We're here to champion the assets of our community and let people know why this is such a great place to establish and grow a business. But everybody has to help. It's not just mm-hmm. it's not the responsibility of any one entity or organization or individual. It's it's everybody collectively coming together. And that's the beauty of how we can tell some of our stories of success that could inspire others to say I want to establish operations somewhere in Mm -hmm. the 11-county neighborhood of greater Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I want to shift slightly and talk a little bit about your favorite places, if you have them, in the greater Philadelphia region. It doesn't have to be Center City. It can be Montgomery County. It can be Delaware County. It can be Gloucester County. But is there some place in greater Philadelphia when you have guests visiting or you're gathering with the family and, and you say let's go here. This is one of my favorite places to go visit, or we have to make sure you see this location when you come visit greater Philadelphia. Is there a place like that for you, Hernan, that
1: stands out? I smile at your question initially because I immediately flashed in my mind that my favorite place is the backyard of my home. Yeah. Would I like to go after the long day and sit down and simply look at the sunset? That's my favorite place. I don't need anything else. That's nice. Now, visitors... I would say places. The history of the city amazes me. When I walk by uh, the old city, the the buildings that were there in 1776, and I, I just saw in the taxi coming in the, the now reconstructed home where Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. that amazes me because I feel like walking on a legacy, on a legacy of people that. In the case of our founding fathers, it's not only Jefferson, it's John Adams, it's Franklin, the many others that we tend to forget because, you know, I don't know, they take it for granted, I guess. But all these people that came together to Philadelphia in 1776 and decided the way things are going are no good. The status Mm. quo is not acceptable. It's unacceptable. And although it took to say King George is not right. Right that could kill you, <laughs> you could right. send the, the British troops against you, and they did send them. But they had the courage to say, uh, the future is worth beating on this. And they crafted those sentences that inspired the people. You see, it's, it's, it's all about the leader, again, that had the capacity to put it in sentences that make sense to other people. And it not only uh, is Thomas Jefferson, but also John uh, Payne writing the mm-hmm. common sense. And then is George Washington to command the troops yeah. to defend the dream. Yeah. So to me, like a formation of a company, exactly the same. Yeah. Somebody has to craft the mission, somebody has to, to select the key people to do the fun, fundamental work and then enact the act of war, which is to form a new company in a marketplace that sometimes is adverse, yeah. right? And then succeed at that. And then all of a sudden you have a new rally, you have jobs to give. In the case of our founding father, we, we have, uh, a better life a better live. life yeah. a great country to yeah. live in and uh and uh, but it, that's what it took yeah uh, so what favorite places all of them tied to history every time that i stop by one of these locations i discover a new one i kind of stop and i kind of bow my head as if we're in a mm-hmm. sacred place and and read you know i like to read manuel torres the ambassador who simon bolivar George Washington in South America, appointed to be the first ambassador of the American Republic in the U.S. when the capital was. Mm. was Washington already, but he was living the, in Philadelphia where he had been living for 30 years. He's buried here in uh, St. seminary Church, mm. in the great St. Mary Church. And I discovered that one day walking by, strolling right. by, I said the name of well, Manuel Torre, when I saw the, the numbers of the years, I said, this is impossible. It might be a mistake. Right. Latino in 1823 in Philadelphia. Right. Buried with military honors in Philadelphia. Then I read and I said, oh, this is, I was like, what a guy.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, uh, but it could be, um, it could be that many other locations were, uh, were reminded that something great was done in, in this city that happens to our hometown. And uh, out of their inspiration, the collective effort, the collective will, Something happened that is not replicated anywhere else in the world.
0: Yeah, and I love your analogy between starting a business and growing a business and the experiences that our founding fathers had in creating this country. It's it's very similar in terms of the innovative way of thinking, the challenging the status quo, and putting it into action to create something new, which is one of the reasons that makes our community here in Greater Philadelphia so special. And it's one of the assets that we actually tout. Hernan, I wanna thank you for taking time out to be part of our growing Greater Philadelphia program. We've been talking with Hernan Guadical, who is the founder, the editor, and publisher of Aldea Newspaper here in the Greater Philadelphia community. And Hernan, I would also extend and suggest that you are part of the history of Philadelphia as well. Because prior to 1991, there was no Aldea. And the work that you and your team have invested in, in that publication that extends beyond just a a newspaper, It, it becomes a community is having an impact and continues to have an impact. And and you should be very proud of that. And I love that you've seen the opportunity to produce a Spanish language publication, and now you're producing it in Spanish and English to extend the reach even further because Mm -hmm. it's about the journalism. It's not just about the language that it's written in. So thank you for being part of Greater Philadelphia. Thank you for being part of our program as well. And it's
1: always great to see you, Hernan. Thanks for joining us. I'm flattered by you saying those words and I'm honored by your invitation. And uh, let's not call it a newspaper because newspapers are dead now. It's a new media uh, organization and uh, and that applies to the Inquirer and Tribune and even the Philadelphia Magazine. We have to be multimedia. In our case, we are multilingual. But I think we can never overlook the fact that we have to become cross-cultural. It's about everybody. It's not about segmentation. It's about bringing everybody together.
0: That's so true. On both fronts, bringing people together and Al is much more than just a printed publication, for sure. Yeah, Thanks again. Gracias. Take care. Growing Greater Philadelphia is supported in part by many of our investors and partners, including Liberty Property Trust. They're a proud investor of select greater Philadelphia. Liberty Property Trust has been creating environments that have been helping businesses realize their full potential for nearly 50 years. To learn more about the Philadelphia Navy Yard and other Liberty Properties, visit libertyproperty.com and by Drexel University. Drexel was founded in 1891. They're one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at drexel.edu. Check out all of our podcasts on radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.